0: Hello, hello, hello and welcome to the big show. This is Dim Lights and Stiff Drinks, the dive bar's of Seattle a podcast of dingy taverns, back alley saloons, gritty roadhouses and dive bars of the greater Seattle area. We explore the CD history and salacious backstories of these timeless drinking establishments along with sampling of uh, what's on tap and swapping some tall tales. We hang out in places where sorrows are drowned and future regrets are made. So You don't have to. And uh, if you're watching at home, you can click the skip intro button and get right to the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We don't just talk about these awesome dive bars in the confines of some cushy recording studio. No, no, no. No. No, we come to you live directly from Seattle's greatest watering holes. We are here tonight at the Deluxe Bar and Grill in beautiful Capitol Hill. With me as First always, Capitol
1: Hill bar, by the way, that, which is crazy. That's, kind of right, that's right.
0: That is, that is yeah. right. Yeah. The first Capitol Hill yeah. on the podcast. Check that off the list. So, for our listener who is two, two, three, four episodes in, wondering why the hell haven't these guys visited some of the timeless dive bars of Capitol Hill? Well, here we are, so shut your pie hole.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason we kind of put that off because a lot of these bars, <laughs> Capitol Hill is pretty hopping. So. Oh, for sure. <laughs> a lot of yeah. times. I, like, I you know. think
0: we, we could have a whole episode on the dive bars that have unfortunately come and gone in this neighborhood too, right? We're going to get in a little bit into that more into the uh, further into the episode here too. R.I.P. Charlie's.
2: R.I.P. <laughs> Charlie's. R.I.P. Charlie's. R.I.P. Eileen's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: There's, there's no shortage of them. No shortage of them. Alright, well with me as always in the Dim Light crew and Maybe we should call ourselves the Dim Bulb Crew. Bob, producer extraordinaire. Hey now, noted historian and celebrated author Brad the Stash Panda. What is up, sweet motherfucking Lou? Happy to be here. And I'm um, host this, for this episode. Let's go with uh,
1: Let's go with uh,
0: Jay Dusty.
1: Jay Dusty, yeah. is that what you said?
0: Yeah, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about why I chose Dusty. That's when Jay you're hard up. Later. And everything okay, okay with you, Jay? No, no, yeah, we're we're okay. Yeah, so no, okay. angel Dust, PCP. No, 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 Dust, you, Dusty you in, in hit a good the way. Stuff? Yeah, okay. Dusty on the upside. Okay, yeah. Well, like I said, we are here at uh, the Deluxe Bar and Grill in really the heart of Capitol Hill, or one of one of the hearts. Capitol Hill's got a couple of good hearts. Our we're right Posse on Broadway. Posse is on Broadway. Posse is on Broadway. So, uh, Brad, why don't you maybe tell us a little bit about where we are and why we're here and what's so cool about the Deluxe. Give you the lowdown
1: on the Deluxe? Yeah, let's do it. So, this building, which, by the way, is on Capitol Hill, uh, first opened in the 1920s and operated as an ice cream parlor. But, of course, the 1920s was during Prohibition. Prohibition was in full swing. And legend has it that there was a speakeasy down in the basement here when it was an ice cream parlor. In 1934, when Prohibition was repealed, it opened as a drinking establishment known as Thomas McClenahan's Beer Parlor. It was actually, legend holds it that it was the first bar to get a a license from the Washington State Liquor Control Board as, as soon as Prohibition was repealed. First bar in all of Seattle? That's what legend holds. Now, I haven't been able to verify that, but I was talking to the owner today, too, and that's what he's always heard. But even if it wasn't the first, we do know that it was probably one of the first five, let's say. So
0: what I want to know is, what was the first place that had the ice cream license? Yeah. (laughs) Had the
1: ice cream license. Could have been this place. Could have been this place. Could have been this place. We don't know. It's a mystery. So Thomas McLenahan's Beer Parlor. Beer Parlor is such a cool name. I wish... More people use that. It's such like a cool, old-timey name. I'm ambiguous, I a, though.
0: Like, uh, I don't know. What do they sell? A,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, you get a beer, you get your hair done, get your nails done. <laughs>
1: oh, excellent. One of those yeah. places. All right. But if I was going to open like a beer pub or something, that would be a pretty dope name to open as. Beer like parlor. A beer parlor. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: Stash Pandas Beer Parlor. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Good drink to it.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I like it's got it. an old school vibe to it. Exactly, mm-hmm. no one else is doing it.
2: Not
0: that there's anything wrong with bar and grill,
1: bar and grill. No, another all. classic, not another at classic. At but that's how bit, they opened up. Slightly
0: more modern classic.
1: We do know that within a couple years, it changed its name to the Deluxe Tavern sometime around in 1936. So it has been operating as different versions of the Deluxe since 1936. Deluxe, son. Despite the name change. McClanahan initially remained the owner, and he even opened a small chain of other deluxes throughout the town. So there was a deluxe tavern number two on First Hill.
2: Hill Hill to the listener.
1: Yep, on Madison Street. Uh, Deluxe tavern number three in the Montlake neighborhood on 24th. And there was also uh, a deluxe tavern, kind of like an unofficial deluxe tavern number four downtown on 3rd and uh, Madison. So no, like man, you had a local I, franchise of deluxes going. Yeah, the that's name, cool. The name deluxe,
0: though, kind of has that, uh, what's the what's term for something that's like superior, like the top, the best, you know, the, the ultimate? So is yeah. it like deluxe, and then there's like slightly less deluxe, and maybe not quite as deluxe, and yeah. well, the deluxe somewhat
1: less top. than deluxe? I mean, <laughs> when you go to Dick's Burgers, what do you get? The deluxe. Brad, Brad, the
3: deluxe. You man. took the words right out of my mouth. The, I was going to say the top of the food so chain. Like Let's a reference the no so logo. I don't
1: know. I was talking to the owner today, and apparently the the, 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 the Mo- number three over in Mott Lake, the old place where it used to occupy. There's like some kind of business there, and on the sidewalk they have kind of those like tile style the entries. Spanish style, yeah, kind of like the Spanish tile, and okay. it you could still it still says Deluxe Number Three on it from when it was the Deluxe Tavern. So there's still like a remnant of it still in existence, which I thought was pretty cool. So back then, Capitol Hill was a very blue-collar neighborhood, and so the original Deluxe Tavern was a very blue-collar, working-class bar. And went all the trappings with it, you know? In 1938, it was raided by the local Vice Squad because it was operating illegal pinball machines. (laughs) In addition to pinballs, which were considered gambling devices back at the time, there was also they they also offered uh, poker games and punch boards, so they were one of those taverns. They were oh, your oh yeah,
0: one of those seedy taverns with pinball. Very well, yeah. like working pin class, trust those guys. like
1: your typical tavern you'd see your neighborhood, in working tavern. class neighborhoods. Yeah, neighborhood yeah. place.
2: You Get your paychecks, spend way too much of it here. Yeah,
1: yeah. home, get in trouble. Probably cause more than a few divorces. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Pinballs
0: yep. and booze, always a nasty combo. Yeah.
1: Yep. Nothing good ever comes of that. Uh, in 1958 a fire broke out and almost completely destroyed the place. They had to completely rebuild. It was almost a complete loss, but they had to completely rebuild the interior. The current owner, which we're going to get into, did a remodel in uh, the, the late 90s. And he said when they were like opening like some of the walls and stuff, you could see the charred remains of that 1958 fire still there. You know, you could see like charred Wooden stuff. You know,
0: I, I kind of wish there was still, like, a wall with, like, maybe some exposed, you know,
3: to brick the, or
1: wood I or something. On the back backside, it, like the, yeah? Yeah,
3: it might be. Well, I'll double check. I might all, right. This out. Oh. all right.
2: Speaking of the remodel, this might be a good time to mention all the iron work you see here in the bar was done by a friend of the
1: podcast, Brian yeah. Arvick. Oh, so he did those ones? Yeah, all this uh, iron work. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think he was cool. a artisan.
2: Restoration Hardware at the time, and they got the contract to do it.
1: So, What year did he do that? Do you remember, like, approximately? That would have been
2: about 2000, 1999.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So in 1962, two men purchased the deluxe. Their names were Joe Rogel and Bernie Minsk. Within Buy a short a bow, period of Bernie. time, they began expanding the size of this place by purchasing the businesses that were next to them, which included a laundromat and a small neighborhood grocery store within the same building. So they just started expanding, and if you walk around, you can almost kind of see the layers of expansion that have happened yeah. over the years. Yeah. It went from kind of like a small tavern, the original deluxe, the original beer parlor was just a, a small kind of like a little hole in the wall, and they've been expanding ever since.
0: Yeah, if you really look around to the architecture, you can see, um, you, you know, remnants of like you said what was originally like a slender hall like a true beer hall yeah slim goes way back in a little kitchen in the back or whatever yeah they they have subsequently knocked out a shit ton of walls oh yeah we have like kind of four major rooms all connected and Um, they were all
1: different businesses basically at one point so every time you go into a different room in this place there was once a different completely different business that was operating here
0: kind of cool you walk in and you yeah. might just kind of miss that little detail but if you know the yeah. history you'd be like oh yeah i can totally see it
1: yeah when you when you know their history then you can you can definitely see it it kind of pops out of you so they and they eventually added a kitchen and then they transformed it from a regular beer tavern into the restaurant and bar that it is today in fact the expansion was so significant that they started out with one address and because of all the expansions that have taken place they have a completely different address now than what they started out with so, so if was, you're playing pool major. and you
2: want to get your mail, that's a different address <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you're drinking right. beer on this side. Yeah,
1: and a okay. half. Uh, a decade after Rogel and Minsk took Cobra's owners, we have our first crime story, and this is a pretty good one. I like dun, this dun, one. Dun. Woo-hoo.
2: Police blotter update. So in
1: 1974, an employee was opening the place up at 5 a.m. Probably they're going to make breakfast or whatever. Suddenly he felt a gun pressed to his ribs. The man holding the gun told him not to say a word, and he he said, like, let's go downstairs. So he marched him downstairs, tied the guy up to a chair, and then the the robber casually asked him, okay, you're tied up, where's the hand truck to this place, the dolly, right? So the employee told him, the guy casually went up the stairs, and then he used the said hand truck that he found to load the 350-pound safe of the restaurant (sighs) which by the way, contained $2,000, loaded it onto the hand truck, then carted it out the back door, loaded it onto his truck, and drove off into the sunset. Well, I guess it was 5 a.m., so we drove off into the sunrise, but just the simplicity of it, it's kind of ingenious. Pardon me, uh, where do you keep your hand truck? Right. The safe is quite heavy. Well, and this is a completely new kind of class of robber that we've encountered, right? Because, I mean, by my estimates, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, so far I would say there's been three categories of robbers that we've encountered in these stories. Bumbling idiots. That's one of them. Bumbling robbers is for sure one of them. Cat burglars. The the Cat burglars burglars, is another one. And then you got your kind of garden variety of thug. You know, the guy that comes in, pulls a gun. This is a stick-up. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, demands the cash from the register. Strong man. Yeah, smash and grab. Sometimes they, they make it, sometimes they don't. This guy, though, I would say he's kind of more like a methodical robber.
3: Maybe like a la D.B. Cooper or something?
1: Well, or? It was so, he just had such a matter-of-fact, yeah. methodical way he did it. He just yeah. marched him down. No one got hurt. Tied the guy up. All right, where's the hand truck? But You can almost picture him whistling as he's loading the safe. Kudos, the, like Kudos to
3: his methods, but all I'm thinking of is 350-pound safe hand truck. 2K. I go, that's a tough way to make a buck, man, for fucking all well, that work. Yeah,
2: let's, let's, let's 74, yeah. that's let's also, like maybe 8K today. let call this 10K guy 10K off 20, the hook, 30. right? He
0: had a gun, right? So, I mean, yeah, thank God nobody got hurt, but he's not fucking around, right? He's got a few gun, fucking around. And,
1: but he probably knew he wasn't going to need to hurt the guy. He probably knew, like, I'm, I just need to tie this guy up, spook him a little bit, ask him where the hand truck is. It's almost like, like a gentleman or burglar. Or you something. know what's yeah. going to
2: happen is when this podcast comes out, the owner's going to listen to it and go, Oh, fuck. Eddie was going to go downstairs, and his skeleton is going to be still tied to the chair. <laughs> <laughs> like, well,
1: apparently oh, Dude, apparently, sorry. <laughs> he was tied up for a couple hours, and it wasn't oh. until like a nearby business heard his cries for help that they went and rescued him and untied oh. him and called the cops. That's to be. scary by stuff, By that man. point, of course, the, the safe guy so was I, we
0: need, We need a follow-up story, Brad. Gone. Was the gun loaded?
1: I don't, I don't think it, it even mattered if he did. He just pressed it to his ribs, and that's all that... That's Thirty-eight special
3: hollow points.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, now, you're just going to a dark place, there, Bob. Oh. I mean, come on. Well, I, 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 like to, I like to go to the place where it wasn't really loaded. This, this guy was, you know,
1: like you said, he was methodical. He was maybe methodical. he didn't want to hurt anybody.
3: Maybe he was a referee needed, and it was a uh, the, starter pistol.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just picture him being really casual. about It was about a Nerf it. gun painted black. You know, he loads the safe <laughs> in the back of his truck. He casually drives off. Maybe he uh, passes a cop a few blocks away, Gives waves to the, the, the cop. The the cop <laughs> waves back, still whistling the tune. You know, one of those dudes. That's a good. Goes move. and yeah. pounds
2: on it with a sledgehammer for the next four days, trying to <laughs> open it up. Smooth Never
0: does operator. get it open. Then it ends up dumping it in the lake. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Well, you did say they it was two thousand dollars.
1: Yep. Yeah, you made off of $2,000.
0: That's what they claimed on the insurance.
1: Yeah, who knows. Now, in addition to the crime story, there are also reports of ghosts down in the basement. Uh, One of the the ghosts...
2: Dude, he's still tied up there. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Yeah. he's like, God damn it, (laughs) (laughs) you assholes. (laughs) The tied up ghost. Help! Uh, No, apparently one of the ghosts is a uh, dapper gentleman attired in 1930s clothes that uh, the regulars believe was from when it was a speakeasy down there. Back during the Prohibition era, and I don't know, like if he died down there or what happened, but that's just because of the type of clothes that people see him in, they think he was from the speakeasy. And then there's also a boy and girl ghost team uh, that also spooked people down there, and they think that's from when it was like an ice cream parlor. And this is in the basement, oh. Brad. Whoa. What's that? This is
3: in the basement
1: of the. It's the basement, and apparently this basement at one point shared space with the uh, Harvard Exit basement. Okay. Uh, before the Harvard exit closed down. That's yeah, a
2: movie theater just next door. Right,
1: just next was. door. I guess their basements were either shared or adjoined or something. So there's a little kind of overlap there, and some people aren't really sure like, was the speakeasy part of the Harvard exit? Was it part of this place? No one really knows. Or but was there truly, was if it If it's truly a
0: speakeasy, maybe that was, you know, backdoor escape when uh, the co- cops are raided or something, right? Yeah, I can totally been. see that with uh, the Harvard exit. That yeah. place is like gothic.
1: And apparently, there was an article in the Stranger, uh, written by a writer Dominic Colden, who um, no apparently relation. saw the dapper gentleman ghost and really? wrote an article about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? So, did you see the kids? I think he just saw the gentleman. He just saw the dapper gentleman. I don't. So, believe I, I he saw I gotta the wonder. Kids.
0: Like, there's a there might be some themes going on here with dive bars and ghosts, right? Like, were these perhaps children or this dapperly? Dressed gentleman that died in the fire?
1: No, the fire was in 1958. Mm. So pre-fire. I don't think anyone died in the fire. It, it happened like in the middle of the night when no one was here. And then they, you know.
2: Well, we know merchants is haunted for sure because kids died in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true. We had there have been a few places we visited where there's kid ghosts, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then of course a there's the heroin ghost at the. Uh, at Woody's. Woody's, yep. correct, our, yep. upstairs. Yeah, we'll have to do a Halloween episode one of these times. <laughs> That's so just right. Go over all the ghost Whole place. ghost story. Oh, all my all God, yeah. We could make a ghost. whole
0: episode and a half out of that. Easy.
1: Totally. All right, well, anyway, fast forward into a couple decades. So the original owner, Joe Rogel, his son, Barry Rogel, and his wife purchased the business. Then they continue to operate it today. I actually talked to Barry, the current owner and he was really super cool to talk to. So it's been in their family for 60 years, and that's another thing we've come across quite a few places where, yeah. you know, it's like a yeah, family-owned family tavern ownership. that stayed in the family. Yeah, and he's, cool. it was so cool talking to him because he's so passionate about this place. This, to him, this isn't just like a job or a way to make money. Like he, when his father was nearing retirement age, he went out of his way to buy it from him and like keep it going. He grew up here, he was a kid here when his father was running it. And so, you know, it holds a special place to him. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah,
2: it's probably like uh, like Dana up at
1: uh, up his at shanty. Um, up
2: at the shanty where she was yeah, probably like yeah, yeah. coming in and doing the books in the morning with her right. dad and uh yeah. helping haul stuff out and truck and yeah. Totally. Yeah, we hope it in stays the in the family
0: for another sixty years.
1: Yeah, it doesn't sound like he's going That's away on anytime soon. So like his father, Barry, the current owner, has tried to maintain a community focus for the place. Barry, as he pointed out, it's always been just a neighborhood place, that's all the Deluxe wants to be. It's gone through different remodels, but what it wants to be is a neighborhood bar and grill, and that's what it is. And indeed, if you study its history, that's what's happened. It went from kind of like a blue-collar tavern when it first started, to more of a neighborhood bar and grill when his dad took over. And as the city grew more cosmopolitan and the neighborhood changed, the Deluxe was there to embrace those changes. You know, this included uh, when Capitol Hill started changing demographically in the 1980s into more of a so-called gay neighborhood, or a neighborhood, as I've heard it called before. <laughs> gayberhood. The Deluxe embraced those changes and eventually began hosting events, you know, during Gay Pride Month and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I remember when I lived up here, and the Gay Pride Parade used to be on Broadway. Yeah, yeah I would yeah. see it every year. Such a
0: pivotal location, Such right? A, it's like yeah, well, really I miss Tampa it being there. This
3: place was always decked out. This place was always decked out. One across the way, Broadway Grill was also. Yeah. A oh, place yeah. place was
0: the the, the way, Broadway Grill, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, grill. You, you, yeah. Can't, you can't awesome be there. in this like one block vicinity without being
1: like right in the thick of it. now, I think it goes down on Second Avenue or something. It's not nearly as cool. It's downtown. Yeah, it's not the same. But anyway, they, they've always, like, embraced whatever the neighborhood is. This place has always embraced it because it really kind of, like, celebrates its role as being a neighborhood bar. Overall, through decades of change, the Deluxe has remained true to a na- its neighborhood roots and remains a staple on the Capitol Hill Bar and Restaurant Circus. Yeah, so I will that's uh, That's the story. That's an awesome story. Yeah. And I, was yeah. gonna say I will
3: personally attest to its neighborhood if that's a word. So I, I used to live about two blocks away on 12th and Roy. I used to come down here all the time after work. They had a great killer happy hour. Yeah. yeah. You know, may or may not do a little mushrooms and then come down here and play pool. You know, and it, <laughs> actually, it's great with your game because it helps you see all like, the angles and everything's all congruent. You know? I've so actually heard people say that before. Visualize Yeah, it's actually. a trip. So. Yeah. Yeah, this is a great, great spot. Hanging out with my friend, RIP Metal Jeff. He, he, he put me on to here like maybe 10, 15 years
1: metal ago. Metal Jeff, is that what you said? Yeah, that was his name, Metal He Jeff. was actually made of metal. Yeah, he <laughs> no. was.
0: Oh,
3: yeah. But was he a metalhead? He passed away because yeah, totally. he lost it.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a
3: great neighborhood bar. It's been my neighborhood bar before. So, yeah. 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 It's a great I spot. Spend a lot of time here. Yes. Yeah. Nice.
2: Yeah. What about you guys? You guys
1: yeah. used to live on the hill too. Did you guys spend yeah, much time uh, here? Yeah.
2: Well, we lived up on fifteenth, um, on Earl seventeenth and Danny. So ours was the Canterbury.
3: Mm. Oh, okay. Man with the suit of armor. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
2: They yeah. remodeled mm-hmm. the Canterbury about it's, ten years it's ago. It's like, but that, that would an amazing place for a podcast prior to the remodel. Prior to the remodel, yeah, yeah it
3: used yeah. to smell like, uh, you know, like, well, malodorous. Yeah, yeah. like, the,
2: the, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the, like a
3: good dive bar should. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: it was carpeted too, and you—they never cleaned the carpet. Like it was totally like. Right. when you be sitting at your table and like yeah you could feel just the layers in it just the stickiness it was <laughs> yeah straight up dive bar
0: thick patina yeah Back in
2: the day I was
0: down First Hill so South side right so I'd, I'd come up in kind of south end of Broadway here. Hit like a Bauhaus for for breakfast. Oh yeah. Head over to like the Comet or Mo. Did you, you ever? Know, yeah, end, and then kind of work my way up. But it had definitely come up to the. Did Deluxe you ever stumble down to sure. Madison
3: to the Quarter Lounge by chance?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a
3: fun place. Yeah. Right, right sure. by Vito. Do you guys a across little the place. There
0: used kind to of be a in little different neighborhoods down there. Yeah. Most of them gone, R.I.P. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: unfortunately. Is Vito still there? It's closed, yes. I believe, right now. I don't. What? We got to double the check. The building is still there. Is is it, it, yeah, is it I, open? I believe
3: it's the temporarily closed or because uh, I could be wrong, but I heard okay. that. But that would be we got to. If they open, the Wishing Heads up there. Yeah, the yeah. history there is with like the Catholic
1: and the brothers. Oh and yeah, the, oh, good yeah, yeah, That has a yeah. really cool street. Yeah, that place and then is across great. the street from here used to be uh, Orpheum Records. You guys, oh that place. Orpheum, for sure. I used to spend a lot of time there. Yeah, totally. Yep. Lots of money spent at that place, but anyway.
0: All right. Well, I was gonna say uh, kick off what you drinking, but we're about for, I all think, ready for uh, round two. The, it looks yeah, like. I think one of the first times of uh, the podcast here, we have got to do round two before we even get into what are we drinking because we're all fucking dry.
1: perfect timing.
0: <laughs> so let's, uh, yeah, let's just take us out into round two here, and we'll we'll come back. We are back and we were talking about doing what you're drinking but you know i was just thinking about this and during the break what you're drinking is kind of hard for this place right for for a couple reasons one we can all talk about what what we're drinking that's the easy part but holy shit the beers on tap at the deluxe barn grill here are easily like 4 to 5 times the number of taps that we typically oh, it's see. An list here. It is yeah. impressive. It's impressive. So almost to the point like I don't know, does does this transcend beyond a dive bar cuz wow. the tap selection is so fucking epic.
3: It's not just any bar and grill. It is the Deluxe It is bar. deluxe. Yeah, it is deluxe. Song. This isn't
2: the special bar and grill. <laughs> <laughs> this and is the Deluxe is it, bar and grill. The
1: original Deluxe when it first opened. It's your one beer right here. Really, wow. Rainier, and that was it. I mean, that's how much of a like and, one uh, bar it was. Rainier now is still it.
2: on tap. Number one listed yeah. on the
0: tap list. Yeah, Rainier. Yep. Rainier. I can still see the tap handle I'm
1: from here. Glad they still are, are carrying it.
0: You
2: know, five, five bucks, bucks for them. a pint, too. Good uh, value. Yeah, it's a it's a good deal.
0: Yeah, for sure, good deal. And you know, shout out to the deluxe. Uh, they offer pitchers, which not all places do. A lot of a lot of dive bars do. Pretty yeah. pretty uh, kind of old school, but some of them don't. It's like. Some places have gone away from doing uh, pitchers, which is a shame in my book. So, Deluxe has got them. Even have a discount pitcher
1: for the good old Rainier. Well, and the other thing we were talking about when it comes to the beer, and maybe I was in the minority here, but I was pointing out I thought it was actually really super cool how, depending what kind of beer you ordered, they had this particular kind of glass to serve it to you in. huge variety it of with glasses the way of serving way, beer. way more I than we like typically it. see you should I like take it. a yeah. picture
2: of that and put it on the gram cuz <laughs> I got a pint glass he's got a a flume a champagne kind of flumey looking thing and Jeremy's got the stubby that you hold like a brandy, yeah, brandy I sniffer. I, I, I do gauntlet.
0: I do have I do have Glass Envy cuz you you all have it. Well, easily twice <laughs> as many ounces as I do, you
1: motherfuckers. But what's the octane on yours? That's probably
0: Well, that's the thing is, it's not it's not a high octane beer, oh, okay. but it is a limited release
1: uh from Elysian, okay. local.
0: So I mean, is it
1: like a nitro, or is there something? No, it's just, just a limited just release. A, just a
0: limited release. Okay. It's a fresh hop IPA from Elysian. Fresh hop. Um, I, w- I was going to say Elysian does it every year, but they don't. They actually don't don't do these type of fresh hops every year. They they change it up. And since we talked about it on the last episode, in fact, fresh hops is so hot right now. Everybody's doing fresh hops, but like a good true microbrew, I'm like Elysian. Easy. It's super limited, and therefore, you get a tiny little glass for double the price.
2: Oh, that's why. <laughs> well, is it all that in a bag of chips? It is fantastic. Man, it's amazing. A, a, for sure. Okay.
0: It is it's incredible. I'm watching them closely to make it's sure it's just a sip. served in a tiny little goblet, like you said, Lou, that would imply that maybe it's like a fucking oh, 12% wow. beer. And it that- tastes like a really good, heavy, like intense multifaceted beer, but it's not uh, not a high ABV, a six point eight or something. Not super high.
2: And it's not like heavy hoppy. It's like fresh hop, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, we're well, seeing a lot of that because isn't it wasn't it just game.
1: harvest season? That's right. When they harvested the yeah. hops, tis tis the season. Tis the season of fresh hops. Tis nice. the season. Well, and the lazy boy that you and I drank when we first got here, Lou, that was fresh hops. Yeah, that was delicious. Also. And, and this would
0: be music to your ears, ears, Brad. But it's also uh, season for pumpkin beers. <laughs> fantastic. That's <pumpkin>. right. Brad's <laughs> got a pumpkin beer all back us. fridge yeah. that's been there right. since uh, since right. Maddie
1: picked it up for you. Yeah, you. I'll I'll gift it to you. So a late I've, birthday. I've, present. This is
0: an Elysian fresh hop IPA, which is fantastic. But shout out to Elysian; they pretty much wrote the book for pumpkin beer and pumpkin beer festivals. So Elysian yes. still does every year, while they skipped with with pandemic and shit. But they still do their. But you really uh, like
1: pumpkin beers. Well, I do, and okay. but do you just like that
2: one pumpkin beer.
0: No, I like pumpkin beers, a, a lot of what? pumpkin beers. Elysian makes some
2: of the Dude. best. Yeah, I, I don't right? know, man. But they're not the only Can one. We, There's you, some good th- pumpkin beers. This will beer. be our
1: last episode with Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy, it's yeah. been, yeah. Uh, Jeremy, it's been nice beer. having you on the show. Screw uh, you guys,
2: man. <laughs> any any applications
1: for beer don't guy? Don't say that. Sick? Don't
0: say that until you go to Elysian's Pumpkin Beer
2: Festival. Oh my God, with to me and with Brad, dozens you, you of might as well call beer. it the Raw Onion
1: Festival. I am not going to be attending any pumpkin beer festivals with you, my man. I'm
3: sorry. Yeah. So, you would consider yourself an aficionado of the pumpkin
2: beer? Oh, I would. Okay. For sure. And i am probably just yeah, like. I would for sure. I probably had two and they were crap, and now that's it for me. Just haven't found the right ones. Yeah, yeah so just maybe keep sampling. If you keep can, sampling, keep going. You narrow
1: it down yeah. for the listeners? Tell us what's a, a good what pumpkin a, beer? But what a weird pairing of things, like pumpkin and beer. Who the fuck thought of that? <laughs> <laughs> that is so weird. That's so, such a random... I in, the, well, in the Northwest? Maybe I, don't, I don't want to
0: say Elysian <laughs> invented it, because they didn't. But they they have really done it right. Elysian makes some fantastic pumpkin beers. They have one called Night Owl. Which oh, is I've a, seen
2: that. That's popular. And
0: it's amazingly good. Uh, and they actually have a couple, couple of pumpkin beers that were so good when they came out a few years ago that now they do them every year and they're super, super popular. There's now national distribution of something that used to be you could only get in Seattle,
2: but is so damn good, you can
0: get it all over the place now. So El- like I said, Elysian didn't beers.
2: invent it, but they do a really damn good job. I want to give a shout-out to the name of my beer. It's uh, Scared Shipless.
0: Yes. Sh- yeah.
2: Nice maritime brewing, way, right? maritime brewing, Maritime yeah. brewing. Yeah. Yeah. We also have got uh, some really good okay. names here. Smack Northwest, Cashmere Kaz- Brush. So no, wait, wait, wait,
0: wait. Stop with Smack. Tell them where Smack is from.
2: Where uh, Smack is from Jellyfish. Yes, Jellyfish, Ooh, yeah. which
0: we don't see on tap and dive bars very often, but there have been a couple. Yes. Um,
1: specifically, well, was on tap at uh, the Woodrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: yep. When we
1: were there. That's right. They one has a very recognizable tap handle. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Another one on.
0: that kind of came out of nowhere, started off super small, tiny little nano brewery out of nowhere, just got super, super popular locally like the locals were just like damn this shit is good yeah. started, started seeing it in festivals and, and now a cool. couple of dive bars right yeah. here in the deluxe bam making a big time or you know yeah. as, as big time as you can get with dive bar uh, on, the and,
3: on the up and up
0: what else you got on the
2: list there Lou there's quite uh, a few how about fuck ton of hops <laughs>
0: That's
2: not really its name yep fuck ton of hops
3: they got some punny titles over here there's huh? the 10
2: ounce Tucana tangerine There's the eight ounce strawberry raspberry sour, ten ounce pretty obscure though a sour hop IPA. Don't see a lot of sours in dive bars, not at all. But you know this is deluxe, son. That's right, and we got the spooky citra hazy.
3: Uh, Tis the season. Tis the season. Yeah, Yeah, like
2: a Halloween beer that's not pumpkin. Just for you, And Like everyone else, they were unable to escape the grasps of Georgetown. So you can get Manny's here too.
0: Amen. Amen.
2: These guys are like the mob. They're like, would, Manny, have would Manny's not George be like
3: gosh. the new Mac and Jack kind of? Oh, it's kind yeah, of taken place. You know,
2: it
0: kind of has been. Yeah, yeah it kind of has been. And it, if you're, you yeah, see if you're it not everywhere. from the area, you'd be like, Mac and Jacks, what yeah. the yeah. fuck you talking about, right? Yeah. But you know, if you're from the area, you, you, the know. Day, that yeah, was you know. The beer. Yeah. And
1: the one, like, Speaking of Mac and Jack, you see less of it these days yeah. than you used to. Oh, yeah, it's
2: almost becoming extinct. You know where you do see it, though, yeah thank God? Costco. <laughs>
3: shout out to costco nice,
2: nice.
1: <laughs> well what are you drinking brad oh so i'm drinking the ecliptical hazy Could that you, you recommended to me i think you got it first round jeremy and it's really good yeah Ecliptic like brewery
0: um out of oregon You're out of oregon right yeah so yeah again another shout out to deluxe all northwest beers on tap yeah keeping it local We'll give them a pass into Oregon. You know they're not they're not keeping it all Washington, yeah. which is
1: totally fair. He our brothers our brothers Pacific to the Northwest south. brethren, though, you exactly, know exactly
0: our brethren to the south, yeah. and even we'll even give a little bit of leeway to some like maybe some Canadian beers if they throw it in. Although yeah. we don't see many of those in dive bars for sure, that like a kokanee or something. Why don't we see something? more like
1: Vancouver
2: or uh, you know beers There's like some that in that region? Great yeah. brewers up in Vancouver, but wow. yeah no Germans in Canada I think I'm, I'm guessing
0: I'm guessing it's probably import-export laws that are keeping that shit expensive right maybe yeah I have
1: something sure to, do to do with it yeah goddamn politics fucking but with then my but remember back in the day Moosehead did you guys ever drink Moosehead <laughs> mm-hmm. they figured out a way to get that down to which us which
0: is so. now, now brewed in Milwaukee
3: oh I'm thinking of is it Cocony as far as dive bars. Canadian yeah. Beer, Another too. one yeah. that is
0: actually brewed outside of Canada now. Okay. Yep. Nice. Yep. Coconut yeah. I think is global. They're blue like in Europe big, and Mexico and like all over the damn place. Nice. For better or worse. Oh. Nice.
1: Mm-hmm. Moosehead. I remember that was Metallica's beer. Remember that? Back moosehead? when they were back in their partying days. Really? They were always sporting the moosehead bottles. Yeah. What about Moose Drool? Do you that? Oh, there's a good one. Yeah. That yeah. was a good There's
2: one. a good one. Yeah. That sounds like a joke beer. No, it was it a real beer. Like but beer. it's good. That's it's uh, Alaskan, calm. right? What are we drinking? Is that what it was? Cool. Yeah. Was it Alaskan?
3: It was tasty. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Moose drool. Good one. Yeah. All right. So you want to talk about where we're at?
3: Where
2: How are st- we at, Lou? Where? Uh, this you is wanna such, wanna an
0: awesome awesome yeah. such an awesome fucking neighborhood. Such an
2: awesome neighborhood.
1: Hold on. Neighborhood. Let's uh, we've all have lived here at one point or another. That's right. We've all lived in Capitol Hill. Yeah.
2: And I have. Shout out your uh, intersection. Uh, Boren
1: and Minor, I believe.
2: 17th and Denny.
3: 12th and Roy.
2: Shit, I don't even <laughs> remember, man.
3: Yeah, no, I
1: had to think about <laughs> I my I was team. like
2: way, way,
0: like four or five blocks away over in First Hill. The yeah. uh, Paul Revere.
1: What was the yeah, address name?
0: of the Paul Revere? D- I
1: don't know. Off of a hall, maybe? Apartment the there, too.
3: That's a classic Seattle yep. apartment just, complex. Just down the hall yeah. for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just down the hall. Well, and he had one of those beds that flopped down. The, uh, Murphy, the Murphy, yeah. yeah. Did right. you own Murphy there? No, Fear I did you. not.
0: But I, I had, just before they remodeled the whole fucking building, there were about half of the studios and one bedrooms that had Murphys in the Paul Revere. And I was I was jealous of the, yeah. of the
1: Murphy for sure. Murphy was pretty cool. But Murphy's the, your what,
3: dope.
0: What sucked though is the apartments in uh, back in the day. <laughs> the Murphys were cool, but the apartments that had the Murphys had these tiny, tiny ass little bedrooms, where when you folded down the Murphy bed, it's like. That was the entire bedroom. <laughs> oh, was oh, now shit. filled with your bed. There was no more. It was
3: problems. like there was either a bed or a closet. <laughs> of a tent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. So was I was fun. like, "Yeah, you know what? That's kind of cool, but eh, not that cool." Yeah, it's worth pointing out. I didn't do it for uh, where we at, but you could do a segment on the architecture of Capitol Hill. Oh, for oh, sure, oh, totally, and Yeah. apartment buildings especially. There's a Can lot. Can we give of a classes. shout out to the castle right across the street? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Ca- there's been a ton Did of you say business. it's a castle. It's a little mini castle. The businesses that have gone through there yeah. rotate. Last time I was here, it was an underwear store.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: Literally a men's underwear store specifically. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. North well, End Capitol Hill.
3: Right. Um, I
1: remember that. There's, there's a couple a of Capitol years. Hill Historical Society that uh, is dedicated to the, the history of this neighborhood, and they do walking tours. I
2: oh yes, and I'm sure yeah, like uh, we had apartments. the fortune on 17th and Danny. We lived in an Anhalt, and to our listener, that is a Probably the most famous saddle uh, architect, would you say, or Capitol Hill anyway? Yeah. Yeah, in the 20s and 30s he did these an Anhalt, and it's uh, it's around a courtyard. So yeah. it's 12 units yeah. on three sides, a courtyard in the middle, and the idea was to bring everybody out and create a community. It's like a, in like this a southern courtyard. European style, right? And most of them are like Windsor or Tudor with the. Um, yeah with the brown on white and the right. ornate well, wooden windows. But the one we were in, he did a couple Spanish ones. So it was stucco oh, nice. and red tile. Nice. And like you said, the apartments they were in, it was this beautiful place that could have been, you know, super deluxe. But the guy who owned it was just a slumlord, kind of. So there was 12 units, 2 uh, two story townhouses around a courtyard and two giant hot water tanks. For twenty-four people, so whenever work time shower was, you'd get in and it'd be like drip, drip, drip. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, stick your yeah, head. i in the a couple or, apartments like
1: that. Yeah,
2: it's not going to get better for anyone unless someone stops.
1: Or then the water could go. <laughs> from can't like, all be showering under <laughs> us, where the temperature goes from freezing cold to like scalding your skin yes. in a matter of seconds? Yeah. Did any of you guys
0: live in a place that was heated with steam?
2: Yeah, the look. Le- uh, La Quinta is what it's called. The La Quinta Anhalt Building was yeah. radiators. Yeah, steam radiators. Yeah, so Seattle
0: I, was one of the it, one of the holdouts for steam heat in the city. There was uh, up, to, up, up to ten years ago.
3: Yeah, like still using it. Yeah, on like First and Pine. I forget the name of the building, but uh, on the north uh, east side, that building above slumpy Seattle is steam. My friends stayed there. It was uh, it was steam. And steam. It, there, there is
0: still municipal steam. Right, so it's not like well, your own,
1: guys, we got to give boiler. a shout out like to the our city favorite, providers, uh, Pike Place Brewing.
3: Pike
2: Place Brewing, yeah, yeah. Charles Absolutely. Finkel. They're steam
3: powered. That's what, yeah, we, we, yeah, that's right. We did learn that.
1: Yeah. I'm going to do an event with him in Folio this coming National Beer Day, in April, uh, to. Basically, celebrate the repeal of prohibition. Is that Carolyn nice. Carolyn nice. over there? Caroline Is she still there? Folio. Yeah, yeah. And I'll keep you guys updated as we draw near and the listeners. But that, that should be pretty cool. We're gonna do. i do a episodes. live presentation. Dude, special episode. About we it, love and, Folio. Uh, we're hoping to get Charles and Pike Place Brewing yeah. involved and oh, we maybe love supply the... some beer from the brewery. So hell yeah. All details right. uh, details coming on that. Very nice market Very nice. party. But what? yeah, they were back to your point. They were a Steam power. Yeah. yeah. They're awesome. still relying on steam. Awesome. Yeah, and for the, uh, the La Quinta
2: also, there was one boiler, so you couldn't set the shit in your unit like the landlord set it for you. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it was fixed 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 temperature. 68, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to like was a, it. It was amazing. It became Not a the La Quinta vortex, Inn. Like.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. We didn't leave that. for years okay. it was always a party going on. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You just.
1: Most of those courtyard-style apartments like that were kind of like that. Everyone was close.
3: The last time I was at one, it was in Capitol Hill. We were wasted, and everyone all lived in the building and run around. And you're all friends.
2: All right, see you later, Fran. You know, or whoever. Yeah, we would do a rotation party where each uh, unit served a different thing, and you go around.
0: What was that? Was that That grungy, like '90s movie? Singles.
1: There you go. That's not too far from here. And they still have, I think like every year in the summer, that apartment building, which also has a, kind of like a courtyard, they do a screening of singles there at the yeah, apartment nice. building, yeah. like an outdoor screening. As good should. times,
2: good times. And then we should also clarify for the listener, if you're listening to Sir Mix-a-Lot, and he's telling you my posse's on Broadway, he's not in New York going down Times Square. Well, hell no, man! No, he's on Capitol this Hill. Is like
1: literally half yeah. a block
2: from where we're sitting right now. So yeah, that's pretty cool. The uh, and I, I didn't know this, but this used to be the the place to cruise, right? To drive your car up and down the block all oh, night. Okay. So that's why Sir Mix-a-Lot yeah. was talking about it. Yeah. yeah, like it was a place to show off your car and shout at girls and crank the music. Crank and, the music, exactly. Yeah, Go back yeah. and forth all night. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, it got the name Capitol Hill apparently because the developer, this guy named James Moore, who got, got all the plats for it originally, and he wanted to hopefully get the capital moved from Olympia to Seattle. Ah, that would have been a shitty idea. There's no room for all those buildings.
1: <laughs> yeah, it probably wouldn't have
2: worked. But anyway, and then the second story was that his wife grew up in a neighborhood called Capitol Hill in Denver. And he named it in tribute to her. Named it after the place she grew up in. Interesting. I like that yeah. story better because we're not moving the capital, right?
0: I'm thinking, that, you know, government offices. You know, if it were the true capital, I think like like the Pentagon, you just move all of those offices into the Malabar. <laughs> right. Yeah, they perfect.
2: I also heard that up until the 1980s, the neighborhood was also known as Catholic Hill.
3: Well, yeah. Well, because that's in, in reference Catholics. all the Irish Catholics who live in those big old houses.
2: Oh, North Capitol Hill. Yeah, that it
3: was full of them.
2: Also called Millionaire's Row, because back in the day, this was the... the these were mansions at the time, yeah, so, so to speak. Around yeah, yeah. round volunteer the park. The
3: McKays and the Quins back in the day, running now the show.
0: crappy run-down condos that are a million bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, yeah uh, let's give a shout out to the Wild Rose one of the few lesbian bars left in the entire country it's
1: true shout out
2: shout out to Wild Rose uh, Bruce Lee and Brandon Lee are buried up the road Yep, Lakeview Cemetery that's right that's, that's right, right. Uh, what else we got Shout out to Ernie Steels and Eileen's.
0: Well, you know, any anybody who's listening does a little bit of quick Google research. at Capitol Hill, Seattle, will find a treasure trove, and this is just well, such so a much. rich neighborhood of so much history, so much cool shit that was going on, is going on, and will probably go on for the end of time.
1: Yeah, even to that. I mean, when I lived up here, it was it wasn't it didn't even have like half the stuff that's here right now that you see, uh, but it was still just a hopping place. Was yeah, never not fun. Yeah. And back then, I think I was more hanging out, like, Linda's wasn't even quite open yet. I think that was late 90s when Linda's opened. Right. But Moe's, Bauhaus yeah. Coffee, yeah, the original. Comet. There you go. Oh, the I Comet, heard. Comet, of course. The
2: Comet Tavern. Yeah. This
3: is a pre-unicorn bar. Cha Cha Lounge.
2: <laughs> Which, by the way, I,
1: I think we are going to have to do the Comet for one of our. Oh episodes. yeah, the so vomit. Yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's going to yeah, be are. a
2: loud hop and bar. That is going to be one. Yeah, bubble. we'll have to figure well, something out. Well, you can. Out. It'll be a Tuesday one at five o'clock, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. like yeah. it's yeah, not. Nice. I mean, it's not we'll, the vomit we'll of yesteryear,
3: though, too. Yeah. So.
2: I heard they went uh, the whole place out. Yeah. Uh, um, have you ever heard Mosmo Rock and Cafe? I read an article where they called it Patient Zero because it opened in 94 and they were saying that was the first one that led the transformation from a, um, just a fun working class until yeah, like more hip. cosmopolitan. Yeah. 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 I, sp- I actually have a it. Because after Moe's there was kind of like <laughs> things started popping up because you wouldn't come to see a show up here. That's why they built Moe's. Right. Because like, yeah. why do we always That's have right. to go downtown? That's right. And so once you started to get like 500 people coming to the neighborhood yeah. for a show, you can get these national Where are you going to go
0: like, to see a good yeah. punk show? All those bars start popping get a good up. And,
1: yeah. We were there, uh, I think the first week it opened, there was a group of us in Jim Rose, the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow, oh, nice. came oh. walking in. And he said, Hey, Google guys. Google's that shit. Are you guys going to be around for another hour or so? And we're like, Yeah. And he said, Okay, because the, they're not having a show tonight, but back in the show, I'm going to do like have a private Jim Rose performance back then you guys are welcome to join us cool so we went back there was uh, Mr. Shit.
3: Mr. Lifto in attendance yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: that's exactly what he did <laughs> Tell and me then he just showed um, <laughs> this was pre internet but he had a collection of film clips of like crazy extreme stuff stuff you see on the internet all the time now but back then it was considered really wild and extreme and he Risk basically gay. had, like, yeah. we watched, uh, like, a half-hour film of all these clips that he had put together. Of,
3: he was a t- total P.T. Barnum, like a local P.T. Yeah, Barnum-esque yeah. type of character.
1: So we're ready to wrap this shit up, right? So Yeah, yeah and uh, uh, thanks to our host, Kayla. Yep. Yeah, thank you, Kayla. She was awesome. She's been uh, fantastic and very welcoming. And also, the owner, Barry, for welcoming us. And he was really yeah. cool to talk to. And like I said, you know, he really embraces the neighborhood here. And he really... He really cherishes this place, so a big shout-out to him for letting us come here and record tonight. And
3: the North End of Capitol Hill. Shout-out to the North End of Capitol Hill.
1: And until next time, with that, peace, cheers.